It's Friday the 2nd of July. Welcome to our afternoon sport deep dive. Tim Gilbert here. I'm joined by Shane Lee. And Shane, look, I was reading one of your great articles the other day for Stump to Stump, Phil Alley, and the day he <laughs> drank the world's biggest banana smoothie and ended up in hospital, mate, I almost keeled over in tears. Mate, he, he pulled me aside in the hotel uh, breakfast room and said, drink this, Shane. It's good. It'll give us sustenance before we go out and bowl in Perth. And it was a... This bucket of bananas, I reckon, had about 15 bananas in there, and he drank it. And he needed a shoehorn to remove that from his ass later on. <laughs> he went off. He never played again. And Mark Taylor said, what's going on with, with uh, Big Phil Elliott? I said, mate, he's just drank a bucket of bananas. So that was it. He was constipated, and he never played again. Oh, that is some sort of smoothie. <laughs> boy, oh, boy. The Western Sydney changing pace, the Western Sydney Wanderers soccer ball. It is being drawn today, of course, the Spartan soccer ball. So we will have a winner announced on Monday here on Afternoon Sport. Huge show this Friday. We have former Olympian John Stephenson. And we're just a few weeks away from the Tokyo Games. And Brisbane comedian, he loves his rugby league, Shad Wicker. What a night for the Aussies at Wimbledon. It was amazing, Shane. Ash Barty, she wobbled away to victory. Isla Tomjanovic. And then look at the men's draw. Kyrgios through, Jordan Thompson through, James Duckworth through. Yeah, big, big day for the Aussies. And, jeez, uh, oh, I love watching Nick Kyrgios. He, he's not just on Ninja Warrior, mate, but on the tennis court. Like, the guy stopped through the match and asked a spectator where he should serve. He did exactly what the spectator said. And he won the point and he went back and, and he gave them a round of applause. He's just a great showman. He's very relaxed. It's not not everyone's cup of tea, but I, I love watching him. Ash Barty, superstar as usual. And uh, yeah, but good to see some other Aussies coming through as well, as you mentioned. Yeah, I, I pulled the clip out of a Twitter hand grenade and just threw it last night about the Christian Welch hit on Sam Walker after he kicked the ball and they clashed heads. To me, it looked careless and reckless and late. I, the point I was trying to make, and everyone's gone off about it, all the people in my sphere have, saying, oh, you're wrong, you're this, you're that. <laughs> but I, I agree with Trent Robinson. I think that you have to protect kickers. If you go to get mothers to let their children play, this is an area where they really need to think about it. Well, you're, you're at your most vulnerable when you're kicking a ball, particularly because your both feet are off, off the ground after you, you, you hoist the ball high um, and players come through. And, and we've we've looked at it before, mate, not, not being able to take players' legs out. Uh, but when it comes in high, as you said, mate, yeah, it, it is it is a real issue of the game. But, mate, there's so much grey area in this bloody thing. You know, what can we do? Where can we tackle? How do we do it? It's bloody, bloody tough to, uh, to monitor and Everyone's going to have a different opinion on every day, I think. It's almost like you, you, you're going to get to the point where you can't touch the kicker once the ball is kicked. Mm. And look, I know that that's going to change a few things, but the amount of times they get injured anyway. We, we've got different schools of thought on this. Some people are with me, some people are against me, but that's the way life is, isn't it? One man's meat's another man's poison. Uh, coming up next on Afternoon Sport, he loves his rugby league, Shad Wicker, Brisbane comedian. I do love a Friday, even in lockdown, because it means we speak to Brisbane comedian Shad Wicker. And obviously, there's a silver lining today, because Shad is a Queensland supporter, and they got flogged in game two as well. How are you, Shad? Mate, I was, I was, you know, I was looking forward to this. I was like, it's going to be great. Another round of footies back. <laughs> but you have to keep banging on about it, don't you? It was only a few days ago. <laughs> there's only one to go, so hopefully we'll, we'll wrap it up 3-0. But uh, the Blues, once again, mate, they were very dominant, weren't they? 
Oh, mate. You know what? I will say this, and uh, Tim, you and I were messaging again after the game. Exactly what I said was going to happen with McCulloch in the hooker mm. happened in the game. We had to sub him out in the first half to get Ben Hunt on the field just to try and find some kind of spark. I am ropeable about the selection of this team that we had to put there. I know we had a lot of injuries and we had to kind of make it work. But that team looked absolutely lost out there. And it's amazing to see how much they look lost there this year compared to last year. Like, it's and, it's out, it's gotten worse. Yeah, and then look in that thread, and it was only you and I chatting on it, but we did mention in there where will their points come from. And that, that was exactly it. Where did their points come from? They came from nowhere because they didn't score any. And they came out with all the intensity in the first 15 minutes, but they just didn't look at any point like they were going to threaten. No, I mean, what I think it was towards the end of the first half, we had more tackles within your twenty. Mm. than you had within ours. Now, a lot of that's obviously the, the side, the New South Wales side's like, they're pretty much in the red zone when they're in their own 40, the amount of speed that you've got in that back line. But it was pretty pathetic watching it. I was I always had to work at the same time. So I was having to serve beers mm. down at Caxon Street watching the game on the screens. I'll tell you what, I'd, I wanted to knock off early. We got to a half time. I was like, can we turn this off the TVs? No, we'll keep it on here. But uh, I'll tell you what, Chad, you, you make a really good point. Um, Hunt, when he did come on, he was the one doing the talk in the huddle. And Daly Cherry Evans, like he, he looked rudderless. He looked, he looked lost. Um, you hate him. Well, you, you the guy has, the guy's not won a match this year him. without Trebojevic. Unfortunately, Trebojevic was on the other bloody team. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it, it's, it's, um, he did look rudderless and he looked lost. And, and so did the coach as well. But, um, you know, all, I was saying to Tim, I almost felt sorry for Queenslanders, but just almost, you know? Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. You might know more about this than me, Tim, but I thought I read something the other day that. Paul Green has an option in his contract to be the coach next year, mm. not the other way around. Like we <laughs> don't activate it, he does. I've seen a few of those options ripped up pretty quickly. <laughs> I think he's got to be. I think there's two people that definitely, in my view, have to be gone by this, like by the end mm. of this year, and that's got to be Paul Green and DCE. I yep. think that he only got the job. He only got the job last year, in my view, because Ben Hunt and Munster seemed to have a bit of an issue with each other when they first got into Origin. Uh, but I think that's probably going to disappear now because you're right. The, the, the combination in the halves, when you compare it to the fact that you've got two club halves in there on the other side, mm. I just don't want us to go down the same path that you guys did, which took, you know, 12 years. years. Fix, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it does. It needs a strong leader. And I just look at I don't think Cherry Evans is that strong leader uh, when he comes into media conferences. Even the manner in which he speaks. This this is only me. And I, I know that Shane agrees on this. Mm. I just, they, 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 they need a Churchill-style leader when they've got their back to the wall. And he's not it. The, the, the thing that does shit me a little bit about Queensland is that every time they start <laughs> to lose, it's like, oh, will, will, will Origin, will Origin survive if Queensland loses? And never. We never get that conversation when you say. Hold a second! You guys said that heaps when we flogged his no, eight row. Thank didn't. you very we much. Didn't at all. Oh. It's the evil empire. The evil empire down south. What about Mal Meninga? Big Mal, I love him. I love him. He's a mate of mine. But uh, now he wants Luai to play for Australia. And he didn't want him to play for New South Wales. Well, yeah, I, I get, I get what he's saying there. But I, I, I tell you what, you've got to, you've got to admit, I, this would be nice to know if you guys was it dirty tactics or genuine concern uh, pulling out our winger in the eleventh hour before we played Origin on Sunday. Oh, conspiracy, mate, I think. <laughs> you knew he was in the side. <laughs> he was named in the 30 for the both of our origins. 
<laughs> I know nothing. It's a pity he lived in another country for most of his life. Um, Get out of it, mate. This, <laughs> you know what? The origin selection and they're like, I know that they've they changed the rules in the last, what, I think it was five years ago to make it what it is now because it was getting a little bit weird. And I'll put my hand up. Mm. Like, we we definitely played fast and loose with the rules for a couple of years um, before the eight straight, obviously. I mean, Tony Carroll and Brad Thorne managed to represent, like, the All Blacks and the Kiwis at one point and then play Oregon. Craig Inglis grew up in Newcastle. But, mate, Willie Mason represented Tonga. Jared Hayne represented Fiji. So, I mean, we can yeah. we can go back and forth as much as we want. Back then, it was fast and loose. <laughs> now, I was going to say, now, um, interesting game coming on tonight. Um, Panthers take on the Eels. Now, can the Panthers, Shad, win without Cleary? I think I think Ooh. they can. I, I think they can, but I, I've, I feel like um, – I think Luai is playing like, with unbelievable confidence at the moment. It's insane, and it's well-deserved. But mm. I, I, uh, my thing about the Panthers is everything seems to be heading towards my prediction of them getting to a grand final against the Storm yes. and losing again. You know, it? What about last night? Unbelievable, is it? 46-0. I tell you what, it's it's a big it's a big uh, audition tonight for Moses as well. I reckon from the Eels, will he take over the, the Cleary spot? I don't know, mate. I um I don't care who it is to be honest. <laughs> it won't matter. I actually don't think it matters who it is as well. It's going to be three zip. Wearing the number seven, Timmy Gilbert. <laughs> oh, Tim Gilbert on one hundred and ten <laughs> kilos, plus or minus. And I'll tell Welsh about like what you did against the Roosters. Have another one of those, I reckon. <laughs> yeah, well, that's going to have to be an argument for another day. I just think we need to protect the kickers. We were talking off air about that, but I do want to ask you about the Matt. Lock thing because that is look what is going on I mean you talk about Queensland but Brisbane I mean Ben Eichen's got a job hasn't he like to, he's got a big job to do Kevin Walter says he's not going anywhere next thing you know he's on a plane to Auckland I think um, I think it seems like what Ben Eichen's doing is probably what needs to be done there it's a little bit of like uh, scorched earth just destroy mm. everything that's there and start from the bottom and work your way back up I honestly think that's probably going to be the quickest way to get the Broncos back up and running than trying to be like I'll, I'll, I'll plug this hole here and plug that one there and turn it around. They've got an unbelievably large rebuild that they're going to be doing there. I, I'm trying to think of a team that has had to do as much of a change as they're going to have to do over the next few years in terms of a team that's consistently a top eight and mm. for many years it was top four. Like this turnaround, if you just off the top of your head, can you even name five, six players that are currently on the Broncos team that you'd be like, they should still be there? No, because I can't yeah. even name five or six that are consistently there week to week at the moment. Well, it's really tough, mate. It's here that the the real issue they've got is that when they've got a coach like Kevin Walters who who was changing the team willy nilly this year already, you know, you got you got to pick and stick. You got to pick some players. Show them, show them some uh, loyalty. Give them some confidence. Otherwise, players are just looking at their shoulder the whole time. It's not great. Yeah, well, yes, they've got some big jobs up there. Look, I'd love to continue to discuss. I've got to give you one more, mate, because mm. I've got to give you this last one. I think mm. the biggest job ahead of uh, Ben Eichen, and I'm going to say it, is uh, he's going to have to sack one of the greats of the club. I yeah. can't see Kevin Walters. I agree being that coach of the Broncos for much longer. Mm, that, is, that is a scorched earth policy. I know you do have a great story to tell us. Can you hold it till next week? Sure can, guys. Sure can. You'll love it. It involves a lot of nerdity. <laughs> I'm already getting excited. It'll get us through the last week of lockdown. We'll see you next week. No dramas. Coming up on Afternoon Sport, former Olympian John Stephenson. John O'Brien is a legend of Australia's beer industry. In 2003, he dreamed of producing a great-tasting beer that could be enjoyed by everyone, free from the ill effects of mass-produced wheat and barley. John began a brewing journey blending unique aromas and flavours offered by ancient grains such as sorghum and millet. 
He perfected recipes over time which have led to 40 local and international awards, including three gold medals at the Australian International Beer Awards, a gold medal at the Indies, and a silver medal at the Beer World Cup. Proudly 100% Aussie-owned, made in Ballarat, O'Brien Beer is Australia's most awarded gluten-free beer and widely available around Australia through major retailers and online at rebellionbrewing.com.au. O'Brien Beer, the beer that loves your back. It is Friday. That means every sense of common sense is just thrown out the window. We just don't care on a Friday. That means we're just having some fun. And it's a time of year where we just need to have a bit of fun. John Stephenson, former Olympian, how are you, my dear old thing? Are you sure it's just a Friday thing? Because right now this world's gone mad, mate, honestly. I, I, I'm normally happy on a Friday, Tim, but these lockdowns are just ridiculous, man. I'm over it. All right. Let's stay on positives and at least we know we're all in it together. <laughs> so let's start with this um, Zarafa, right? He's pulled the pin. Is he is it legitimate pulling the pin against Tim Zer or is he, is he chickened out? What's happened? Uh, so around the boxing circles, there's a lot of chat going on about this. <laughs> uh, but look, I understand where Zaraf is coming from. I've, you know, a lot of people have families. A lot of your coaching staff have families, your physios, your trainers, your sparring partners. And, you know, with boxing comes the big entourage. Yeah? No one goes to a fight as them, you know, their mum and dad and, and themselves. Those days are when you're a young kid. When you're a big title fight, especially against Tim Zhu, you're going up with your posse. So I yeah. think, you know, a lot of his team were a bit hesitant on leaving their families because he's Melbourne-based by Michael Zarafa. And he chose to postpone the fight, which, look, I'm, I'm, I'm the old Rocky school, you know, like where it's like, nah, man, you go there, you take Adrian. Yo, Adrian, I love you. you. Yo, I love you. Yo. Uh, what, was the uncle, what was the uncle's name? What was the brother-in-law's name? Paulie. Yo, Paulie. Treat your sister with some respect. You're poorly. <laughs> and you go handle your business, you know. So I, I had a chat with Jeff Fennick last night. He was just like, really, Billy Dibbs said the same thing. He said, oh, he actually he actually picked it saying, I don't know if Michael will show up. You know, a lot of the boxing purists and ex-world champions are, mm. are questioning, you know, wh- where, what his motivation is and was. And Tim Zhu was very candid saying, look, man, this guy's chased me for three years, right? You have your chance and you pull out in the 11th hour. So you know what? get stuff but the good thing is looks like mm. the fights might still happen um they're looking for a replacement opponent for tim as we speak so um yeah watch the space um now the u.s trials has been really interesting and this young bloke arian knight and i think the pronunciation of his name we saw him do some pretty spectacular things at junior level just a couple of weeks ago and now he's mixing it with the big boys and he's broken an age record of usain bolts is that correct one thing he did do at trials is, is showing that age does not matter and uh, running an absolutely crazy time of uh, 1984 which for his age is just honestly like to put in perspective I wasn't a tournament runner but my personal best is 2070 you know this kid is, is wow. under 18 years of age and he's on 1984 and to give you some more perspective I'd love to say that Carl I don't know this but I'd love to say Carl Lewis is He's faster than Carl Lewis's PB in the 200. I'd love to, I'd love to say that, but don't quote me on it. But right. uh, and, that, and that gives you some perspective that, you know, that time will win you Olympic medal at most Olympic games. So the kid's absolutely flying at the moment. But look, does it really cross over into senior athletics? Yes, the trials is nice. It's coming hot off, off juniors. And, you know, we saw Usain, you know, win World Juniors and then go to 2004 Olympics and really struggle in the 200. Mm. It took him four years to sort of mature and, you know, and have really his coming out party as a pro, which was 2008 where we saw him win three gold medals. I, I really question juniors when they run so well at such a junior age. It's just what comes with pro sport. 
it's just the mentality you need to have and the emotional stability you need to have to maintain that level day in, day out. And often that breaks an athlete. It's not the physical ability where they can run those times because he's proven it, right? As much as it's nice, I think people are trying to relate this to Usain Bolt. Usain Bolt is a unicorn, man. Do not ever try and relate other athletes to this kid. We will not see these performances that Usain produced over three Olympics yeah. in our lifetime, at least, guys. Trust me when I tell you this, especially in athletics. I'm interested to see how he goes Olympic Games, but um, yeah, it'll it'll be amazing if he can if he can win a medal car come Tokyo. So, John, what about the Formula One? I don't think anyone predicted Mercedes going through the trouble that they're going through right at the moment? No, no one predicted it, but it's also not not a shock, you know. I mean, Mercedes have dominated for so many years and Red Bull have been chipping away, chipping away. And I think the new 2022 car has really sort of put the engineering team and the teams under a lot of pressure and making sure that the 22 car, which is a completely remodeled generation car, plus COVID last year, plus a number of sponsorship changes and, and cuts, and I think it's made it really hard for teams to really advance in the 2021 car. Um, in saying that Mercedes are dominating so many years um, that they could take sort of their 2020 car and still do- dominate. That's how good they've been. But Max is not only uh, driving superbly, but it's 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 just amazing to see that the change that came in for 2021 have really hampered Mercedes. And I, you'd never have thought that, you know, with the ride height change with the rear diffuser that, that Red Bull have, and you're seeing it, you know, their straight line speed is killing Mercedes at the moment and Mercedes are battling to keep up. Um, but a, what, who I really feel sorry for is Daniel Ricciardo. I mean... He's finished, isn't he, John? He's done. No, he's not. No, you need to stop with this rhetoric, man. He is not <laughs> finished at all. It's just he had a lot of bad luck on the weekend. And and we, I should reference, we are talking about the Styrian Grand Prix, which was... um which is classified as Max Verstappen's home Grand Prix. You know, people are feeling that now that Daniel's running out of excuses for performance, but I think that's such a wrong attitude to adopt. I mean, this is motor racing. This is just what happens. The guy can still drive. He's, he's, we, we know he can drive well. Um, it's how and Lando Norris is, is, is performing. So, but I said, it's going to take a while for him to get used to being in this team. It's mm. going to take a while for him to get used to the car and to be able to put his little uh, finesse on the way he drives and the way the car reacts. So mm. not too worried about Daniel, but he's in a slump at the moment and uh, Australia's get behind him and support him and make sure that we get him back on the podium. Hey, Johnny, quick one, mate. Uh, we're, all, we're all stuck in lockdown. How's your rig looking? And any tips for exercising? Any, any tips for exercising during lockdown, mate? Come on. You know, the only thing I'm exercising at the moment, guys, is my jaw muscle and my right arm, the amount of food and drink <laughs> that I'm consuming. Yeah, that's really, really poor. And I know my body is my temple, but a little R&R never hurt anybody, you know, both mentally and physically. <laughs> a bit hard so my prescribed medication for everyone listening to this is take your rest enjoy the lockdown because when we come out of this we're getting our summer bodies back ladies and yeah, gentlemen yeah. <laughs> yeah and would you call yourself would you call yourself a grumpy prick or, uh, today or not <laughs> or not was that unfair do you blame me I'd cop your staff if you were Robinson Crusoe and you're the only one going through it. But every other bastard is as well. So anyway, I hope you're a little bit lighter in your loafers and you're smiling a little bit more at the end now, my dear friend. And hopefully by next Friday we can we can we can see the horizon with a bit uh, of a clearer lens. And I'm glad you said you're only using the right hand for drinking too. Well, awesome. <laughs> I use two hands for the tool. Don't worry about that. Let's run on that break quick. Oh boys, I'll see you, man. Goodbye, see you, James. Bye, bye. bye. 
That's it for Afternoon Sport today. We'll be with you Monday to Friday every week. Follow us on your podcast app so you don't miss it. A big thank you goes out to our guest today, Shad Wicked, John Stephenson, and Spartan Sports, our sponsor. Yeah, www.spartansportshq.com. And our great producer, Mr. Dan McHugh. We'll be back next week with your daily dose of sport. We'll see you then, guys. Take care.